0: Welcome once again to Leto's Law. Here's Steve Leto. We've had a couple stories lately about storage lockers. I did a story about uh, somebody who was in the service and their stuff while uh, they were away, their stuff was in storage and it got auctioned off and we talked about that. Now here's another story, uh, a similar issue, but simply a, uh, appears to be a clerical error on the part of the place that runs the storage units. And the headline is, You Sold My Stuff. Woman's storage unit mistakenly sold after mix-up. Now, this is from uh, KPHO, and Susan Campbell and Deborah Worley wrote this. Mark, Talia, and Chad all sent it to me. A woman in Arizona lost a storage unit full of sentimental items when it was mistakenly auctioned off. Uh, The woman said she rented a small storage unit filled it with her holiday decorations, her children's artwork, and the wedding dress that she had preserved. I get very emotional still just talking about it because there's just so much in there that I wasn't ready to let go, she told the news station. My veil was in there too. Months after filling the unit and locking it up, she returned to retrieve some of her items, but her key wouldn't work, which is a problem. There was a paperwork mix-up, and though she says she was assigned Unit 1167, The storage company had been applying her payments to Unit 1168, so it looked like 1167 was delinquent, and the items therein were auctioned off. That is, they they auctioned off the unit. And if you watch those TV shows about this, uh, with varying degrees of credibility, um, and they they follow along these people who who go to these auctions and buy the the stuff in the storage units— And traditionally what they do is they will open the storage unit up and they say that you can look inside, but you cannot go inside. And based on what you see, you can bid on what's in there. And the high bidder gets everything in the unit and that money then goes to defray the cost of how much the person who's renting that was in arrears. And um, there's been some uh, controversy about how uh, honest those shows are. Uh, One of the participants of one of those shows filed a lawsuit a few years ago in which he claimed all kinds of things. (laughs) that he said we're done that we're not we're not shown on camera but there's a con there's a conversation here that a woman is explaining to the TV station and she said that the manager told her I'm sorry we sold it and that she says, well, I lost it I was hyperventilating I was in tears I was like, you sold my stuff The auctioneer told her anything that wasn't sold was donated or tossed so her stuff is gone and somebody came in, bought it, and all the good stuff apparently was, you know, but some of it was probably just thrown away. And and of course, it's all because of that number mix-up. One number. So, she was renting 1167, but they were applying her payments to 1168, and that was it. And that makes you wonder because if you send your money in, you think you'd be saying, "Apply this to this locker number." And were they really actually seeing 1167 on the bill and then applying to 1168? Or were they doing this off of, like say, a customer number or off of her name? Because I'll tell you, I actually had a storage unit for a little while. I had a lot of my stuff in a storage unit for a little while. And I know that I could log on and pay it. When I logged on, it would say, what is your locker number? And I think I had a password and a bunch of other stuff. And I'd log in, but it it was clearly my stuff. I knew that. So I'm wondering what was going on here, but here's the the scary part. In the fine print of this contract with this company, there's a clause that specifically says no valuables should be stored in the storage space, including heirlooms or works of art. So just so you know, when you sign a contract and you read it very, very carefully and you're putting stuff in storage, they're telling you do not put valuables in there Do not put heirlooms in there. Do not put works of art in there. And those are just some examples, okay? But the idea that you can't put anything valuable in there uh, will strike many people as odd because a lot of people who are moving, for instance, will take all of their stuff and put it in storage. And, uh, you know, that's why they call some of those companies uh, so-and-so moving and storage. And the reason that is is that many people will move and they'll have to have their stuff temporarily put in storage. But also, these storage places, they they advertise and say, you know, you can rent a unit, put stuff in here, and it's safe and secure. As long as it's not valuable, an heirloom or a work of art, in which case all bets are off. Now, it makes you wonder why they have that exemption there. Because it implies that they know bad stuff might happen. Which makes you wonder then, as the landlord, aren't they liable for bad stuff that happens when you're not there but they are? I mean, the storage place I had my stuff at uh, had a lock on the door. It had a fence around the yard, topped with barbed wire, and it had a key code to get in the place. Now, you could get in there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, but there were cameras around. And so I assumed my stuff was safe, and my stuff was safe. Uh, I'm one of the few people I know who put stuff in storage and got it back out later. (laughs) My stuff was not auctioned off on TV. The woman says one of the managers at the company offered her $5,000 to settle for everything that was in that unit. Then the offer changed. The district manager calls me the next week saying, I need receipts, and if I cannot give them receipts, more than likely they're not going to be able to give me the $5,000 they had already offered me. And I bet right about now they're sorry they didn't do that because of the TV coverage. Uh, Meanwhile, there's an attorney who specializes in consumer cases said that this woman's experience is not unique This attorney's not involved in this particular case, but says some companies come up with long lists of requirements before settling consumer complaints. Consumers who have the same experience are given the runaround. The effect is that you wear the consumers down, and by attrition, they sometimes just give up. Uh, The attorney noted there are ways to come up with the value of lost items, even without receipts, but it takes some work. And one of the things is, it's not just the value of the items, it's that the items existed. Because a lot of people are going to say, okay, you claim that you had a a, a valuable heirloom in there or a valuable antique in there. Um, Prove to us that there actually was such a thing in your possession in that locker, with or without the receipt. We don't care. For all I know, you're going to show me the receipt for something that you still have, but you claim it's gone because it was in the locker. If something is of personal value, I would suggest potentially going through and making an inventory and creating an affidavit. It's a sworn statement by the consumer saying, this is the value of my loss. Uh, I'm not sure how helpful that is because um, there's an old saying that um, paper does not reject ink. I can write anything I want on an affidavit, sign it, get it notarized and go, there's there's an affidavit. I am the king of the world. I own the entire state of Nebraska. (laughs) It's notarized. Look, you you can't dispute that notarized signature. So the back and forth with the company has been hard for the woman, but losing the priceless treasures is what hurts the most. How do I tell my kids their stuff is gone? Their ornaments, she said, referring to Christmas ornaments. Now the family's Christmas tree this year does look different. It's still beautiful, but it can never be the same as it was. TV station reached out to the storage company several times over the past several weeks, but the company has not responded to calls or emails. I would have thought that the storage companies would have insurance for these kinds of mix-ups. Uh, So it makes me wonder how often they happen. But the receipt thing is uh, one of those things I've heard before. And I don't know if I've told this story on this channel before, but I've been practicing law for 31 years. and Along the way, I've represented a lot of people, many with Lemon Law claims, but some with other kinds of claims. And I had a client whose home was destroyed by a tornado. A tornado touched down in a couple different spots in southeastern Michigan back in the early 90s. And caused a lot of damage. Very, very unusual tornado in that it hit a couple different communities and it kind of like hopscotched around. And my client's house was destroyed by the tornado. So she filed a claim with an insurance company. And they came out and they looked and they looked. And they obviously they couldn't deny that her house had been destroyed. So they cut her a check for the house. They have the house rebuilt. And then she said, what about my contents? The stuff that's in the house. And they said, oh, make us a list of what was in the house. And we'll take a look at that. And she made a list of everything that she could think of that was in the house. And she gave it to them. They go, well, you know, this list looks awfully inflated to us. Uh, we're going to require receipts for everything on this list. Receipts. And she said, where do you suppose those receipts would be? And they said, oh, don't you save your receipts? She said, uh, some of them I do. They were in the house that was destroyed by the tornado. And they actually denied her claim and said, you get zero. Nothing. You get nothing. You know why? They said that she'd filed a false claim with them. Because if you file a claim with your insurance company, if the claim is false, they actually often have in their contract the right to deny paying you anything as a way to discourage you from filing a false claim. And they said that the fact that you filed a claim with us, claiming you had all this stuff in your house and you have no receipts for any of it, obviously, this is a fraudulent claim. Fraudulent claim. So, this idea that she's going to have receipts for everything that was in that storage unit. Um, Family heirlooms? Presumably, some of those are passed down to her. Did your grandmother save a receipt for that antique she bought from the Sears mail order catalog? (laughs) Did she save the paperwork on that? And did she pass that along with the heirlooms? I've never met anyone who has the paperwork for their heirlooms. Okay? So... There's an antique on the Antiques Roadshow. Think of all the times you've seen antiques on there. And I have seen one or two where somebody goes, I've got paperwork, and they show it. There's an example they gave of a guy who brought in a watch. But we're talking about the 1960s. We're not talking about the 1800s, okay? So my client was forced to litigate. We had to file a lawsuit against an insurance company. And every time we went into court or in front of anybody, they'd go, she doesn't have the receipts. And the judge would look at them the same way I'm looking at you right now. Weren't the receipts in the house? Wasn't the house destroyed? So it's, it's a strange argument to suggest that somebody's got receipts for everything they own. No one does. No one does. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, it appears to be a standoff where, they, where they've said, well, we'll consider paying you some money, but we need to see documentation. And they had made an offer of 5000 which they withdrew. So I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see what happens. You sold my stuff. Woman's storage unit mistakenly sold off after mix-up. WBRC and KPHO both ran that. Mark, Talia, and Chad all sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. And let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. The truth about it is, it all goes by real quick. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy dirt.